Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If it sounds like I'm raising my voice, it's because we don't have an audio set up for those in the hall back there, so it's not like I'm shouting at you or something. We have just celebrated in the Divine Liturgy and Commemoration and Remembrance of Lazarus, four days dead in the tomb. And Lazarus is one of the great works that our Lord does, as we'll hear in the Gospel tomorrow for Palm Sunday, because he's been heard throughout the land of Israel as a prophet, maybe even the Messiah. And word spreads, especially after this event, that he's raised someone from the dead. It's like we have someone like Elisha or Elijah or one of the great prophets of old is in our midst, but they didn't know, or maybe they were having an inkling of an idea of what our Lord was on his way towards in just a few days. We, this evening, will come together and celebrate the Great Vespers for Palm Sunday, and tomorrow we'll gather the Synaxis for the gathering together of God's Holy Ones, those who have been baptized and sealed with chrismation to come together to celebrate the Eucharist. And this morning we have added two to our number here at St. Anne's. And we, in hearing of this gospel, are taken aback. There's a lot of emotions going on in this gospel. Because death always brings up all sorts of emotions, reactions, thoughts, questions. And you can hear it. You can hear it in the voice of the Jews around. You can hear it in the sisters. Where were you, Jesus, when my brother died? Where were you when Lazarus died? If you had just been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus, it seems, throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus is depicted as a very... You know, you have this kind of picture you can think of it. I remember it when I was a kid uh, watching, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting the name of the, the movie, Karate Kid, the sensei, Mr. Miyagi, right? There's something mysterious about him. He always seemed to make you do something or say something, and you're kind of, you know, Daniel uh, is always going, I don't understand, I guess I'll do this because I want to learn. Jesus throughout the Gospels, maybe this is a bad parallel for you in your head, but he's kind of like Mr. Miyagi. There is this, he says something or he does something, and the, the, his disciples who've been with him, you know, morning, evening, and they're like, I don't fully understand. He's asleep, okay, what's wrong with that? He's asleep. And Jesus said, no, he's dead. He does this throughout the Gospel of John. He'll say something about a new birth. Nicodemus goes, what do you mean? I've already been born. I don't understand what it means that I have to be born. Our Lord, in his providence, in his wisdom, allows things to happen. He orders things for our salvation. He allows Lazarus to die. 
He allows him to be mourned. He allows him to be wrapped in the burial clothes. He allows the sisters to question, to ponder, to maybe even rage a little bit. Because they knew that their master, their teacher, Jesus, one whom they could even call friend, hadn't been there, was absent. When our Lord hears and sees the reaction of the sisters, the tears, the lamenting, and if you have ever been or seen what lamenting would be like in the Middle East, it is not like us uh, Anglos or Germanic uh, Northern European folk. They actually have pathos. They actually express themselves. And they express themselves in ways that we would maybe be like, that's a little exaggerated. But for them, it is a process. It's a catharsis. You actually have to release what is going on. And our Lord sees this, and he groans within his spirit, and he weeps. When we have the questions, when we have the experiences where we think that he is absent, not with us, where death in whatever form it comes invades our life, our Lord is not absent, or if he seems to be absent, he is coming, and he's coming with the cavalry as it is. Because they still, Mary, and you can hear it, see it in the Jews, they're all like, what? What is he doing here now? He's late. What is he going to do now? There's nothing to be done besides to weep. And they see him weeping, and he has to go to the tomb and there's still the reluctance, even as he says, move the stone. And she says, but there's a stench. Or in the King James, he stinketh. Of course, death, the corruption, all that we experience in our life, we want to hide it away. We don't know what Jesus can do with it. We're upset that maybe he wasn't there the first time around. But he asks the sister to roll the stone away. And as we heard in the hymnody, his voice, his word, pierces into that darkness, into that tomb. And he raises his friend, Lazarus, from the dead. Our Lord groans and weeps with us when we groan and when we weep. Our Lord is also coming. He may not come according to our timetable. He may not come in the way that we expect him to come. But he is, as he asks the question, he is the life of the world. He is the resurrection. It is not only just by his word that he will call us forward at the universal resurrection, it is because he went himself into the tomb that we in this week of Holy Week will be with the sisters of Lazarus, but we'll be with the Theotokos, 
will be with a different Mary as we go to the cross to Golgotha, as we hear the cry of our Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we will be at the tomb next Saturday, a different tomb, a tomb from which flows life eternal. And we are already going at that celebration, in the middle of the celebration, celebrating the bursting forth of the tomb of our Lord who gives us all resurrection. Not just the resurrection of Lazarus, for it was a great and mighty act for him as Lord over Hades to call him back out of it to bring us. But Lazarus dies again. He is canonized as a bishop within the saint and, and the church. is Saint Lazarus. But in a week we will be confessing, celebrating, reveling in the light of Holy Saturday. The silence, the darkness of that, but the light that is streaming forth as he is harrowing Hades, as he's bursting through and coming forth, granting life eternal, where we will, after the universal resurrection, die no more. And that is what our hope is. That is where we put our trust. That is where all of our groaning, all of our weeping, all of the things that overwhelm us it's given meaning, it's given purpose, it is shaped ultimately because our Lord will rise from the dead in just weeks' time. May God grant us grace as we begin this journey with celebration. We've taken a break, as the hymn of told us, Lent is now done. We are still fasting. <laughs> We have a dispensation for fish to give us strength to revel in the glory of our Lord, his prophetic power, his kingship over death, and his kingship in riding upon a donkey in humility into Jerusalem. May God also grant grace and mercy and long life to the two newly illumined servants of God, Andrew and Alexis that they, through our prayers, through our help, and through their prayers and their help towards us, and that we all be joined together in the glorious resurrection uh, where we will reign with our Lord's friend Lazarus in the heavenly kingdom. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.